The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to our food and drink? Do we not have the right to be accompanied by a wife, as the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living, who serves as a soldier at his own expense, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say this on my on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, He shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. Is it for the oxen that God is concerned? Does He not speak entirely for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in hope, and the thresher thresh in the hope of the share of the crop. If we have sown spiritual good among you, is it too much that we reap your material benefits? If others share this rightful claim upon you, do we not still more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure everything rather then put out an obsti- obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Peace be to you, the reader. Have patience with me, and I will repay you. 
He refused and went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord delivered him to the jailers, till he should pay all his debt. So my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The message in today's gospel is of great significance to us. And I believe that if we get it, and we begin to practice it, it literally can save us. That's how important it is. There are four things I think we need to keep in mind as I move through these, uh, these words that I'm going to share with you in order to... Uh, make this happen. The first thing is we need to have a very deep awareness of everything that God has done for us in our life to date. Two, we need to develop a very deep gratitude based on what we come up with in the first instance, all the things He has done for us. Three, we need to have a willingness to be obedient. And obedience is sometimes a tough word to to hold on to. In orthodox life, in the spiritual life, obedience is considered blessed because it's equated with aligning our will with the will of God. And fourth, we have to have a very strong desire to imitate Christ. So the main point in today's gospel is said elsewhere in Holy Scripture. For example, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7, we read, Blessed are the merciful... For they shall obtain mercy. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 36, we read, Be merciful, just as your Father in heaven is merciful. And in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 13, we read, For judgment will be merciless to the one who shows no mercy, for mercy triumphs over judgment. We just read the story in the Gospel of Matthew of this account of a master who had a slave who owed him a tremendous amount of money. A debt so large that this man would never be able to repay it even if he worked every single day for the rest of his life and lived to be maybe 200 years old. He'd never be able to repay it. Knowing that and knowing that he was on the verge of losing his wife and losing his children and all of them being sold into slavery but into separate areas to separate people, he fell down out of fear. And he approached this man, and he begged for his mercy. And the master, of course, had mercy on him and forgave him his debt. And then he went on, and as the story unfolds, he runs into another slave who owed him a little bit, demanded the money, couldn't pay it, and instead of having mercy, he had him thrown into prison. The Lord who forgave his servant his debt 
as I said, a debt that would never be able to be fully repaid, waited to see not how he would go about paying back the debt. He didn't ask him questions like, well, what type of employment are you going to have? How do you plan on raising so much money that you're going to actually pay me? Because I am showing you mercy. How are you going to work so hard that you're going to be able to give back to me what you owe? He didn't ask that. He didn't expect that. Because that was not what he was focusing on. The master who was looking at his servant, wanted to see one thing. He wanted to see if what he did for him would change his life in the way he lived his life. That's what he was looking for. By showing him this mercy, will he now go out and show the same mercy to other people? That's what he's looking for. There are many things that we can focus on in the spiritual life. We know that. We can focus on prayer. We can focus on fasting. We can focus on attending services and reading scripture. And all of these things are good. But unless we allow them to transform the way we actually live our life day to day, then all of the exercises just listed will be in vain. Because these things have to be life transforming for us. Remember in the Gospel of St. Matthew, our Lord said, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our Lord is asking us, let your life reflect everything that you believe in me. Don't just talk about it, don't just quote it, but allow it to transform the actual way you live your life in every single relationship you have in life. With your children, with your spouse, with your neighbor, with your co-worker, with the people who hate your guts and have it out for you. Let your life be transformed so that you actually live this faith. Because our life must reflect our faith. In today's gospel, we see an example of how our life can shine and an example of what a life of darkness is. The master in the story who showed great mercy shows the life that shines before men. Whereas the servant, who having been forgiven by his master, did not show the same mercy to another fellow servant, he shows what a life of darkness looks like. The first servant, who was forgiven much, had a moment of great joy when he experienced forgiveness. But that joy quickly turned to torment when he refused to imitate his master. I'm sure that all of you have experienced the joy of being forgiven at some point in time in life. And that could be forgiven literally a monetary debt or a great sin that you committed against another person or a family member or something that you did in school and whatever the case may be, I'm sure that all of you have experienced at least once in your life what it feels to have that joy when someone truly, truly forgives you with all their heart. How long did that joy last? Is it something that you still hold inside of you, that joy? And if you're able to hold that joy for, let's say, weeks or months or years, how are you able to accomplish that? Because that's an important thing to know. How much time and thought have you given to the act and to the forgiveness? And how long have you allowed that to stew inside of you to keep that joy going? What about when you've chosen not to forgive somebody? Or you've struggled really to forgive someone? Did you feel joy? Or were your hearts and souls tormented? The truth is that we will experience a sense of torment when we refuse to imitate our Lord. 
his mercy and his forgiveness. When we hold a grudge, for example, against someone, or when we refuse to show mercy from our heart, we have no peace within us unless our hearts have become totally hardened and cold. It won't bother us. But if we have any sense of warmth, any sense of tenderness, any sense of love, even in the smallest degree, when we have not forgiven somebody, when we are holding on to something, we will not have peace. This is our own doing. The reason is that when we do not forgive from our heart with compassion and love, we give ourselves over to be tormented by the evil one. We continue to feel anger and bitterness and resentment, which won't go away. And this is our torment. This may be something we feel is giving us strength or power or a leg up on somebody when we hold something against them, but the reality is is that we're harming ourselves. And we will not have that peace. And this torment is not only something that we'll experience in this life, but it's a torment that will continue for all eternity. For example, in the very last verse of today's passage, our Lord says, Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. And then our Lord Jesus Christ says to us, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you, that's you and me, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. That's a key phrase. Notice where our forgiveness comes from. Our heart, not simply lip service, but the forgiveness has to come from the heart. True forgiveness and mercy will not be possible if we extend it because it's what we're supposed to do. If we know that we're supposed to forgive, it's what Jesus Christ asks us we should do. It still may just proceed from our mouth, but never come from the place of the heart. And we'll know this because we won't have peace inside. If we say, I've forgiven them, but I'm still tormented inside by thoughts and this feeling that I know that I haven't forgiven from the heart. I've forgiven from the mind and with the lips, but I've not forgiven from the heart. And so this bitterness and this resentment that we can feel won't go away. And this is our torment. In order to forgive from the heart, our heart needs to go through a transformation. It needs to be purified. A purified heart has no difficulty showing mercy and forgiving others, no matter what the circumstances. A person with a purified heart recognizes the mercy that has been shown to them, that's the awareness part, and out of deep gratitude, that's the second part, is quick to show mercy towards others and to forgive others. It's almost instantaneously. It happens that quickly. There's no thought in a person with a heart who's pure. There's no thought or struggle with, "Mm, I don't know, that was pretty harsh. And carry this anger inside them. It doesn't happen that way. It happens almost instantly because they know what they've been given. They know the mercy they've been shown themselves. A person whose heart has not been purified will take the mercy shown by others but will not show the same mercy to others but will be demanding of others and insensitive to them. A person whose heart has not been purified will feel entitled. 
feel that others owe them, and that others don't deserve their mercy or forgiveness, like the servant in today's story. The servant asked for mercy because he was motivated by fear. And the sad thing is that his heart wasn't transformed through this act of mercy shown to him. The possibility of his heart being transformed, it was there. It was there. But he didn't seize the opportunity. He didn't take the time to truly reflect on how great his Lord's mercy was for him. And this put him at a disadvantage. He took his mercy, but he quickly cast it aside. He didn't allow it to take root in his own heart where it would bring forth the fruit of mercy, compassion, gentleness, and generosity. A person with a purified heart will feel they lack nothing and deserve nothing because their hearts are so full of divine grace. And a heart that is so full of divine grace lacks nothing, desires nothing, and doesn't feel like it deserves anything because it's full. In fact, they will feel such a sense of indebtedness to God, a person who has this fullness of grace in their heart, that their only desire will be to give with great joy and to show mercy with love and compassion to all people because they know in the deep heart the mercy, compassion, and forgiveness that has been shown to them despite the amount of debt they owed and can never repay. You know this word. We've said this word many times in Greek, right? Philotimo. This grateful indebtedness. Feeling bitter, resentful, and or seeing that we are having a difficult time forgiving someone is an indicator that our hearts still need healing. It's good to have this diagnosis and to be aware of it so we can continue with fervor in our repentance. Remember, people, that our goal is to have a deep awareness of how merciful God has been to us and continues to be to us so that our hearts transform, that they begin to truly heal so that we can imitate Christ our Lord in His great tenderness and mercy. If we wish to have our sins forgiven, the Scripture is very clear then we have to forgive the sins of others. If we wish to be shown mercy by God, the scripture is also very clear. We must show mercy to everyone around us. In sum, we are to be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful. This is a great and very worthy endeavor. And may we all strive to attain it. Amen.